1: Can do what you want to us. But we're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. Gentlemen!
2: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is the Weekend Answer Show. Garrett Fay, Jim Rickheimer, hope you're well. Ricky's back from Hawaii. We're back from our week off, and we got a ton to talk about, including the infrastructure bill passes the Senate on to the House. Now the Senate and House Democrats want to spend $3.5 trillion. We'll talk about that. New York and Governor Andrew Cuomo is out; his replacement is in. Why did he quit, and what does that mean for Gavin Newsom in the recall? Also, talking about some COVID vaccine mandates coming at you from the D- from DC. If you're in the military, maybe some states also. And then here at home, we've got California mandating vaccines for teachers and school staff and public schools. We'll get into all that and a whole lot more. But Riggy seems to be one of the big wins for Joe Biden. This is probably the first one is actually getting the Senate to pass this. Uh, $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. You had 19 Republican senators who voted for it. It's off to the House of Representatives now where its future is unknown. It will probably pass. But now the big thing everyone's looking at is this $3.5 trillion bill. But even with the $1.2 trillion, it's a little bit of a case of having to pass it to find out what's in it. But I'm not sure anyone actually knows all the details because nobody's read this thing.
0: Yeah, they haven't. So understand, we, and we talked about this before, how um – the difference between the two bills are one of the bills needs to have sixty people vote for it, basically, which is this first one point some trillion. Because you have to work on language of how money spent and how things are done. The three trillion is more like a checkbook situation where it's like take the money from here and put it over there and get your tax from there. And and you do that, you only need fifty percent. So the scary part about it is, is you know, the worst part in some ways has already been done in the one point two trillion. They got the language they needed. They got the the, the stuff they. needed. Needed in their contracts, the stuff they needed into how the money spent, who gets the money, what they have to do in order to get the money. That stuff got done, so that's what I'm I'm concerned about. The three and a half trillion is going to come through, and it'll be two point nine trillion because cinema uh, and mansion will somehow knock it down. But it's still going to be a crazy, crazy number, and that is also going to have all the different rules, all the green rules, all the carbon neutral rules, all the things that basically say the life that you know today, how you have your life today, is over. You're, you're, I mean, you're, you forget about it. If you think you're going to be driving a car with gas, forget it. Now, that may sound fine, but you know there's not enough material to make the batteries, and the cost is going to go higher. And who's going to get hurt the most? Poor people. Yeah, because people on the
2: middle income and lower incomes end of the scale
0: can't afford
2: electric cars. No. And the federal government can't afford to subsidize the manufacture and production of these things. I mean, we've seen this in California. There's been state and federal rebates. For, um, you know, get your solar panels, for your house, and then also for the cars. They can't print enough money in the world to make these things affordable. And yet there's this sort of green idealism. It's actually more like idolatry. And it's just like a religion with these people. And
0: it's like, it doesn't matter. This is going to hurt people the most who need the most help. Well, and again, there's 7 billion people in the world. We're 350 million. We're 5% of the world, basically. The rest of the world isn't doing this. So, so as much as we think we're going to change stuff, it's not going to happen. Here's how you get make society cleaner, uh, cleaner water, cleaner air, all those better things by making money. In every society throughout time, as people made more money, as people went from poverty to the middle class or you know the the lower class, people then wanted nicer, cleaner things they could do it, and they could afford to do it, and so they did it, going out there and, and overspending massive amounts of money we're just going to have the situation where the rich people are doing fine, yeah, and a lot of these bills, infrastructure, then the you know three trillion dollar bill
2: all this stuff is is number one it's greased. Uh, lightning sort of for the
0: lobbyists. Yeah. They get paid a ton. It's transfer- Large cor- construction corporations want these highway bills. Oh, yeah. Because they, they, they don't want ca- them. They don't care where the freeways put. They're going to pour the concrete.
2: Yeah, they so don't this, care. This is good for the lobbyists. It's right. also good for the lawyers and the accountants because you figure out ways to make this stuff happen. Uh, not much of it trickles down to actual common workers and middle class people. But the thing which is so crazy is – when Obama went on his spending spree, this gave rise to the Tea Party, which promptly kicked Nancy Pelosi out of the speaker's chair. Um, and what Biden's doing is he wants to spend nearly $6 trillion within a couple months because he had his $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill, most of which had nothing to do with COVID. Now you've got the $1.2 trillion infrastructure. Now they want $3.5 trillion for all this other crap. So you're talking about spending $6 trillion. And my question, Riggy, is separate and apart from the specifics here. Will this give rise to another Tea Party movement next year? Because you just gotta wonder like at some point people wake up and go, What the hell is going on and why are we spending this much money? Well I think
0: that the Tea Party took a lot of different Sides to come in, taxes were won, not have representation, watching the the Republicans not, you know, uh, be strong enough and fight the Democrats, so all those things. That's kind of what's going to happen here again, also. It's not just going to be the taxes. Like you and I will talk in numbers. There are people listening to us on the radio, like, don't talk about trillions. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. But if you're saying, hey, you're going to have boys in the girls' bathroom. They understand that one. And if you have people saying you got to do critical race theory and say that your child um, is superior and other children aren't superior and you have to give up your superiorness, you know, people aren't going to go for that kind of stuff being taught to their kids in school. So when you add all those things together, I mean, I think there's more action going to happen out of school boards. School boards across this this country are going to go, what in the hell have you been doing? You know, where they could get away with, oh, we're just your nice teachers. We love you. We care about your children. And everybody has the teacher they love, and everybody's fine with it. But the crap that they've been teaching those kids, and now the parents are at home on Zoom watching it, that's where the change is going to happen. Well,
2: and you kind of wonder if the school thing is just a sideshow for misdirection for what the Democrats in D.C. want to do. Here's a little bit of what's going to come in the $3.5 trillion bill, a lot of which was crafted by Senate Budget Chairman Committee Bernie Sanders. So you've got uh, new government programs for the young and old from pre universal pre-kindergarten to tuition-free community college, family and medical leave, expansions of Obamacare and Medicare. Then you've got Green New Deal initiatives like, quote, smart agriculture, quote, environmental justice, the creation of a civilian climate corps. Riggy, a civilian. Yeah, it's the Peace corps, corps, but not.
0: So you get them. You
2: get well, these, these
0: it's, kids out of college, and now you put them into this program. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's not so much Peace Corps; it's like the Conservation Corps from FDR days. But it's like, yeah, are we going to send out college grads with you know degrees in environmental justice, and what the hell are you going to do in a civilian climate corps?
0: Waste wow. money on green initiatives that don't build any jobs. Yeah, they they see. see Here is the thing: things that have value that make sense the private sector and the world will pay for it. If you need a road to put in and there's a reason for a road, a road will just get built. And what happened during Obama's time when he had all these shovel-ready projects is they found out is the shovel-ready projects were already funded. They had money because to get it ready, you, it had to be needed. It yeah. had to be you know
2: done. There were no shovel-ready jobs of the kind the federal government was going to backstop. No, there was Because the private sector had already done
0: it. Yeah, because it's already there. So maybe you, you move it up a little bit in time, but that's Really, all that happens here. Right now, we're going to see all these things, and like the stuff you said, those are just headings. How's the money going to be spent inside there? And how do they go ahead and say, "Well, that that was green"? You know, what's green? Oh, well, uh, this uh, we're we're not we're not cutting down the the Yellowstone forest, so we get we get credits for that. I mean, what? So I guess one question is, why did nineteen Republican senators vote for this? Well, they need they couldn't have ten because ten is what you needed. And I think they had to have cover, so they, they gave them more cover. And so the things you don't know about that are in those bills are making those senators happy and the lobbyists that support them happy, and that's their payback. I mean, lo- lobbyists, lobbyists' work is to you know make sure that the government doesn't beat up their business and also to get things for themselves in their business. And um, that's their job, and they got to be paid back. And, and the reality of it is, that until the American public— until the people in the American public pull out their checkbook and write, everybody writes a check to who they want to run for office, the lobbyists are going to fund the money for them to go to office. That's true. That is true. Riggy's on it. Coming up, Andrew Cuomo is out as governor of New York. COVID vaccine mandates are coming. What you need to know. Be right back.
2: Welcome back. It's a Week Answer show. Garrett Faye, Jim Rickheimer, AM 870, The Answer. Also, don't forget, get your tickets for Town Hall 2021 coming up in September. About a month away now. You want to get there, hear all the most interesting commentary and perspectives on what's happening. The recall will be two days after it, so definitely come there. Get some motivation to recall the governor. We'll get into that next segment. But, Riggy talking now about uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo. This is someone who the left was loving last year. Comes from a political dynasty family. Uh Won an Emmy for his news broadcasts about COVID. Um, And then what we came to learn is while he was apparently doing a great job leading the state of New York, he was sexually assaulting and harassing all of his staff and then sending off all the old people to die with his disastrous nursing home order. Well, in the wake of the New York attorney general issuing issuing her damning report on his bad conduct, which broke the law, um, he was facing an impeachment trial, and then one of his accusers came forward, went public, and filed a criminal complaint against him. That was too much, even for Andrew Cuomo. So he finally saw the writing on the
0: wall. He's out. Yeah, he's out. Um, the the part I like about the best of this whole thing is when when he was doing all the updates on on COVID, the the national TV everybody put him on. I mean, boom, he was like right up against Trump. He was there. He was the greatest guy. I knew tons of Republicans who were like. God, he sounds good. He's great. Cuz he just said that good schmoozing way. He could just schmooze and explain why he did it and because of his mother and his aunt and his grandma and stuff like that. And then during all this conversation and everything else, the guy's a freaking predator. And I mean, we I mean, total predator. You look at the 11 women they're all like in their 20s. They all worked on a staff. You, 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 It's a mess. Can you imagine being a young woman? You go to college. You get your master's degree. You work in politics. You get moved up to the job. You're in the governor's office, and now you don't know what to say because you're going to lose your job. You know, yeah, because s- your boss
2: is sexually assaulting, assaulting or you, you or harassing you.
0: harassing you. You're thinking you've got the dream job of your life. You, you know Everything's set. You've always wanted to be in this position. And the guy's trying to you know do whatever with you. I, I mean, think about it. 20-something old, old. You know how many dads? Uh, there's 11 dads out there, okay, who'd want to clean this guy's clock for what a slime ball he was. And then he had the nerve to think he was going to get through it. And I guess finally... You know his brother Chris or somebody probably you know said hey, I got to advise you on this one now I think it's
2: over. Well, and what's so interesting about this too is Andrew Cuomo cast himself as a real supporter of the Me Too movement, Ugh. and um, some of the leaders of the Me Too movement were in his corner defending him. But after this investigative report by the New York AG came out, one of the top Me Too New York women had to quit the board because it came out that what was she doing? Well, she was part of the coordinated. Uh, effort by Cuomo and his people to discredit one of his accusers, Lindsay Boylan, who was um, one of his top aides. She's now running for an elected position in New York. But one of the top Me Too women in the state of New York was helped draft and circulate the letter that they almost sent to discredit one of the accusers. This is like Hillary Clinton, you know, going after and discrediting Bill Clinton's accusers. And so we're basically learning that the public front of Andrew Cuomo, which at times wasn't bad. I mean even on this show, you and I talked about this. We said this guy is more well-spoken than Joe Biden. We would not have been surprised if Democrats had ditched Biden for him. Right, exactly. Because he doesn't have dementia. But now we know this is just further proof that when it comes to who really treats women better, it's not the Democrats. And there's something about elected Democrats and especially something in New York, the last three New York governors – have been horrible and they've all resigned in disgrace.
0: So it's like The last three Democrat governors. Three Democrat governors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean you got Spitzer, right? And you got uh the other guy whose name I'm forgetting and now you've got Cuomo. And they've all resigned in disgrace. And so you kinda wonder like the party that champions women is actually full of crap.
0: Yeah. Here. And and the the people that are in the Me Too movement kinda go, Well, we'll throw some women under the bus because of the bigger cause and you know, I've got the ear of the uh, of the of the governor. I mean, and here's the other thing I'm thinking about, right? The women he slept with, who are they? We don't know who they are yet. But we know he was oh, right. Yeah. So who are they? Were, were they staffers? Were there people they got jobs? And the other thing, when when you're governor, you have so much power, vetoing things and stuff. And corporations are trying to do stuff. How many jobs did they get in large corporations? You know, companies are like, oh, so she, she's in communications. You know, she knows the governor. She has a good relationship. We're going to hire her over at XYZ, multibillion-dollar corporation. Because he was. So we haven't heard any of the women that he was sleep with except for a couple of famous women. Right. You know, that, that, that it was public. Now, in the wake of this, uh,
2: Joe Biden and his administration have been asked to explain themselves because Biden made a bunch of comments praising Andrew Cuomo, such as this. Your governor of New York's done one hell of a job.
0: He, I think he's, he's sort of the gold standard. I thought he's done a hell of a job. I thought he's done a
2: hell of a job. Yeah, he did a hell of a job at sexually harassing people apparently.
0: Well, no, 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 no. He, he yeah, But he's multitasking. <laughs> I mean, sexually harassing. He's going after women. He's keeping it all quiet. He's spending tons of money, and he's killing old people. That's a lot of work to do, man. The poor guy. Give him a break. You know. I mean, he should have a twenty-six-year-old. That's fine. I mean, what? You know. That's how they think. Yeah, that's and, how they think.
2: And what's so awful about this is the media and Democrats have loved this guy. They've said he's the gold standard for managing COVID. It's been a nightmare. I mean, the COVID numbers in New York were worse than almost any other state. I think second only to New Jersey, um, which leads us to you know our COVID news of the national front, which is they're going towards vaccine mandates. You know, it's one thing to mandate masks. You put on uncomfortable mask, whatever. But a vaccine mandate is a whole other thing. Now, the military is saying they're going to do this. New York has said it's going to have a uh, vaccine for certain indoor activities. And, Ricky, this really strikes people, I think, understandably as crazy when the federal government is going to try and force you to take an experimental vaccine that has not been approved. Now, the military said we're going to make the vaccine mandatory if it gets full FDA approval this fall. But even still – This is insane. This is like a new level of government control. I think people are rightly concerned about this.
0: Yeah. Listen, the American people, when convinced, will do the things that they think is right for them and right for their family. The bizarre part that nobody can connect is, again, why do I need to get vaccinated? You need to get vaccinated so that you will not get the disease. And depending on how old you are and what's wrong with you, it could kill you or cause major problems for you. Well,
2: even at that point... Getting vaccinated is not going to ensure you don't get COVID. Right. We all know people who got vaccinated and still got COVID. So then you
0: go to the whole thing and say, now, but if you get vaccinated, does that mean you don't get COVID? Well, it's less likely to get COVID. What it really means is you're less likely to die. You're less likely to go to the hospital. And I mean, at a high rate, the people that die are like 99% people that have been vaccinated. So here's the whole pitch. Why do I have to you know, be vaccinated to protect people that don't want to get vaccinated. Let it be their own position. I don't understand it. You cannot connect the dots for me. Now, the only argument they can make is saying, well, kids can't get vaccinated. Well, yeah, but kids don't really carry it. Kids don't really spread it. They know that. Throughout Europe, the kids aren't wearing masks in classes. So again, the connection in the end is, if I get vaccinated, I won't get sick. But no, you have to be vaccinated so you can protect those people that aren't vaccinated. Why? I got to quarantine. I'm quarantining the healthy instead of quarantining the sick. It makes no sense.
2: No. So here's a little bit of Anthony Fauci from this last week talking about the mask mandate in schools and the vaccine mandate.
0: Dr. Fauci, do you agree
2: with Randy Weingarten, the head of the largest teachers union in the country, who came out yesterday and said, yes, teachers should be vaccinated inside schools? Do you think they should be mandated to be vaccinated?
1: Yeah, I'm going to upset some people on this, but I think we should. I mean, we are in a critical situation now. We've had 615,000 plus deaths and we are in a major surge now as we're going into the fall, into the school season. This is very serious business. You would wish that people would see why it's so important to get vaccinated, but you're not gonna get mandates centrally from the federal government. But when you're talking about local mandates, mandates for schools, for teachers, for universities, for colleges, I'm sorry. I I mean, I know people must like to have their individual freedom and not be told to do something, but I think we're in such a serious situation now that under certain circumstances, mandates should be done.
0: Well, first off, 72% of the people in the public are okay about teachers being, you know, vaccinated. And it's amazing. Even the right who doesn't want to be told what to do, they're so pissed off at the teachers union. Screw them. Make sure they're vaccinated. They want to have it done. So he's not really sticking his neck out there by saying it. But, but what he's doing, he's just kind of setting it up for everyone. Now, if you've got states like Florida, where Governor DeSantis says, you, you force someone to get vaccinated, how about we just don't send you a check? you know for, to, for the school district so you can't pay your bills they back off pretty fast they do it but again it all comes down to why am i going to go ahead and, and continue to do more and more things that, that i have to do so that somebody who's not vaccinated is healthy it doesn't make any sense and if somebody can explain that to me i'm willing to look at this you know tell i'm willing to be wrong but i still can't figure it out coming up California ramps up COVID restrictions and the recall races tightening. Coming right back.
2: Everyone, welcome back. It is the Weekend Answer Show. Garrett Fay, Jim Righeimer talking about the biggest stories of the week, condensing all the week's stories into a brief little one hour show. This tells you everything you need to know to be informed about what's going on, what happened, what's going to happen, and also what matters. Not every story, because not every story matters, just the big ones. Talking about now some COVID stories in California. Two big announcements this last week from the governor and the Department of Public Health, which is California becomes the first state to require vaccination or testing for teachers and school administration officials, school employees. And then secondly, California requires proof of the vaccine or a negative COVID test to enter hospitals and nursing homes. And, Riggy, both these are big deals. These are sort of first in the country. Um, Before we get to the political fallout for Newsom, just on these merits alone – why is California doing this? I mean part of me thinks this is because you know the teachers' unions want this because they're either scared to death or they just want money. Or maybe this is bowing to pressure of saying, OK, what do we have to do to keep schools open because parents are mad? All right, let's vaccinate all the teachers and staff.
0: What do we yeah, think? Well, OK, so the teachers' union isn't happy about this. Um, but the governor right now has the, – the public who is not supportive of even mandates, if it's mandating a teacher – to do it, fine, because I want my kid in school, and I don't want to hear any reasons why they can't be in school. So it's kind of like payback to the teachers for shutting us down for a whole year, for doing all this stuff. It's like, listen, you either get tested or you get, you get the shots. Remember, you don't have to get the shot. You just got to get tested every single week. And, oh, by the way, that's extra time. And, oh, by the way, the union got your money for that, too. So it's not like, you know, you you, you make more money by uh, by having to get tested because you just have to spend more time. But, no, I think that one's going to go through. With regards to hospitals and and those nursing areas, homes, nursing yeah. homes, you know what? The, the chances of you transmitting the disease to a person who's vaccinated um, and 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 – they die or get sick from it is extremely low. But if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in a hospital or a nursing home. So yeah, that seems pretty, you know, it's like, okay, for those jobs there in particular, we have got really sick people that are really compromised already. Yeah, probably you have to.
2: Yeah. And part of the thing is we now know one of the high risk populations is elderly people and sick people. And where do the elderly and the sick hang out? Well, it's hospitals, it's nursing homes. My problem though is mandating that for anyone who wants to visit because if you're young otherwise healthy i don't think it's fair to say you should have to be vaccinated or even have to present proof of a negative COVID test because if you're otherwise healthy you're healthy. I mean I have some family issues. We went – had to go to the hospital, and we walked into the hospital, and they did sort of the just the verbal screening of, hey, do you have any symptoms? Have you been sick? Have you had a COVID test? No. And they did a temperature scan. I'm fine with that because that's not asking you to present any proof of anything. It's not asking you to provide any confidential medical records also not asking you to swab your nose. So I'm okay with that. But this seems a little too far to say even for those visiting in the hospitals or nursing homes. Because again, if you're not in a risky population set, why should you have to do that? Yeah,
0: that that's gonna be the toughest one. Because you know, I'll go back to this. The chances of that happening is extremely, extremely low, but the place it's going to happen is at a hospital. So that that's kind of an, uh, a, t- a tougher question because y- your point is well taken. It's like there, there's no reason. On the other hand, if it's ever going to happen, that's where it's going to happen. Yeah.
2: Now, the other thing that I think has people concerned, and I had some friends just this last week who reached out to me on this, is schools requiring – proof of negative tests or weekly testing for students. This is something that's not happened yet, but I think this is what has a lot of parents concerned is if you start with mandating you know, proof of vaccine or proof of negative tests for teachers and administrators and staff, is the next step requiring the same thing for students? And Riggy, I think if public schools start requiring proof of vaccination for students, that's when you're going to see all hell
0: come to pay. So I've got three daughters in three separate schools with three separate ways and policies of how they do it. One, one of the policies is to say you need to be vaccinated. The question is, do you have to prove that you're vaccinated or not? If you say I'm vaccinated, um, then fine. Then this is your protocol when you go to school, which for most of the schools is no more masks outdoors. So you eat lunch outdoors, do whatever, no mask. Indoors, still have to wear the mask. Um, and then some of the schools... They want to have proof like your card to show that you actually were done. And then it goes in the system that you were already vaccinated and that you're fine. If you're not, then you're tested. Some of the schools have testing right on campus, makes it real simple and real easy to go ahead and do your testing. And now, do you know if it's a spit test or the natal swab? Um, I, it's a quick test. Okay. I'm not sure which one that was, but it's the quick test because they, they, and they, they put it in the system and they do it. So they're kind of, Torn on what, what they are, and, and again, I've got you know two in high school and one in college, and then the college is in the dorm, and and they have rules for that. But it's not like the craziness last year where they literally their dorm rooms were like prisons. Mm-hmm. They literally went into their room, couldn't come out and talk to anybody. I mean, it was it was scary. You know, they, they, there was no college experience there. So I think we're we're all past that. The good news is, is listen, we've got vaccines. The vaccines work. I'm a big supporter of vaccines. I think she, people should go ahead and get vaccinated. I've got my friends that just go on and on and on about all the stuff that's crazy about it. I, I don't disagree with them of it. I just say the chance of the the crazy issues happening compared to I don't want to get sick. You know, yeah. I'll take the, I'll take the shot. And I think this I think the the most rational position to
2: be is if you want the vaccine, get it but i do not think the government has any legal or moral authority to force anyone I agree to completely. get the vaccine. I so if you're agree. if you're a public school elementary teacher and they're saying, "Oh, you have to be vaccinated." I think the answer is how about no? How about no? I'm not going to, you know, take this experimental vaccine which we know it does protect some people against covid. It does lessen the severity of the symptoms. We know that. Mm-hmm. But again, isn't personal freedom more important ultimately well, the than the, po- the, the government point, determining your right, health? Right.
0: And the point at that, that school is who are you trying to protect? Why Why should everybody have to go get vaccinated so that this one teacher who doesn't want to get vaccinated doesn't get sick? Fine. Let he, him or her get sick. Yeah. Why should it be my problem if you're getting sick or not?
2: Now, the overlay to all this, of course – is Gavin Newsom. He's coming up on a recall election on September 14th, and things the last couple weeks have not been looking good for him. He spent a lot of money uh, campaigning. He talked about how the California comeback is happening, and then we realized it was all a bunch of lies because the apparent huge budget surplus was actually a deficit. Then he got caught lying about the wildfire preparedness. He exaggerated what he did by over 600%. Uh, Now we've got wildfires happening. We have homeless happening. We've got crime. Just this last week, Gavin approved the parole of a guy who buried alive a handicapped kid in Fresno 20 years ago. So things are not looking good for Gavin. You're not seeing – a lot of national support by prominent Democrats. I mean, to me, it's kind of crickets. And the reason why it's crickets from national Democrats is they realize this guy's on the rocks. There's a very real chance he will get kicked out of office. And Riggy, at this point, it's all about turnout and enthusiasm. And there's not much enthusiasm on the pro Gavin side.
0: Yeah. So it it is all about turnout. There is more than enough votes on both sides to make this go one way or the other. So in the end, the mechanical turnout is going to make a difference. And and. One side's going to work harder or put more money into it or whatever is going to happen is going to make it different. But the fact of the matter is because we're such a lopsided state of Democrats, the Democratic Party and who becomes your candidates for so many offices, when you talk about done in back rooms, it's literally done in back rooms. And trust me, I've been in those back rooms. The deals are cut ahead of time. Who's going to run for what? And so there's no like – massive amount of of support for some candidate who organically got support. They ran for this office and they had a lot of supporters in this office and people liked what they did and and all that kind of stuff. It's just done kind of at the Democratic Central Committee, literally the state central committee, kind of picking out who's – chess move is the best to get them into that position. So when somebody falls on hard times, it's not like there's any love lost. It's like, oh, well, I liked him because he had power. Well, it's like Cuomo. It's like we're loyal until we don't need you anymore. Right. Until, Or you can't screw me over anymore. Or you can't hurt me anymore. Or you can't hurt my job You know where, where I want to uh, move up to. So anyway, coming up, big tech censor Senator Rand Paul, a doctor over COVID information and anti-racism sure looks... Like segregation. Be right back.
2: It's a Weekend Answer show with Garrett Faye and Jim Righeimer. We are talking about the biggest stories of the week, talking about some legal and cultural issues. But just before that, who are we? Well, I'm a business and election law attorney, used to work on Capitol Hill, did some time in the state legislature. Riggie's a former mayor of the city of Costa Mesa, knows the ins and outs of local government extremely well. He's also working as a businessman now and husband, father to three. Talking about the local issues, talking about legal issues, talking about some – Sort of First Amendment meets business, meets publishing, meets coronavirus news, and starting with the article out of Politico this last week where YouTube banned Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky for a week, took down one of his videos and prevented him from publishing for a week after Senator Paul, who's a medical doctor, posted a clip that challenges the utility Of mask wearing to slow the spread of coronavirus. This is not the first time um, YouTube has banned him. They've taken down prior videos of his before. uh, And basically what Rand Paul has done is challenge the wisdom of Anthony Fauci, who we played earlier for you. And according to a spokesperson for YouTube, they said Senator Paul's video violated the company's policy banning COVID-19-related misinformation, which includes prohibiting, quote, claims that masks do not play a role in preventing the contraction or transmission of COVID-19. And, quote, further, according to the spokesperson from YouTube, they said, quote, we apply our policies consistently across the platform regardless of speaker or political views, and we make exceptions for videos that have additional context, such as countervailing views from local health authorities. Now, Riggy, I don't think that's really true because how many times have you heard of Democrat senators having their videos taken down or being banned. We've also seen this with uh, Twitter. They've taken down posts from Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she's a little bit of a crazy person. But
0: still, the point remains, the censorship is only going one way here. Yeah, so um, my generation was, and I've talked about it before, was the Skokie, Illinois generation where the Nazis wanted to protest in Skokie, which was a a Jewish uh, community, basically a lot of people who had been through – uh, Auschwitz and all that lived in Skokie, Illinois, and the US Supreme Court and said, yeah, that speech is ugly, it's horrible, but they have the right to speak because you don't need uh, a constitutional amendment for happy talk. So that's where kids now and in, 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 in young adults have been raised of a thing they call hate speech. And once you understand it, it makes a little bit more sense. They're from from, well, that's bad speech or you're hurtful speech or it's not nice or it, it's just you shouldn't talk about it. And they think that really matters. So what's happened in these large corporations who have employees inside there because you've had Zuckerberg come out at Facebook and not like it all. He's more libertarian. He wants it just to be you know, – let's make your argument. And I make my argument. Well, up to a point. Up to a point. I mean, now, he's not anymore. But it started because so many of his employees were upset. Right, And so they bring it home, and these are the people you got to keep happy. So what happens after a while is you get the situation where this younger younger group of people is deciding what's free speech. So a Rand Paul is looking at this thing saying, listen, I, I, I'm a doctor. I think the, that masks don't make any sense. You and I would look at that of saying, hey, let's look at all the facts. I want to hear his side. I want to hear her side. I want to hear both sides of it. How how they're looking at it now in YouTube and Twitter and all these things is, oh, no, no, that's hate speech or that's unhealthy or that's putting out false information and that could hurt people, so we don't want to put that out. And and other people are going, what are you talking about? Let them speak to to sit there and do it. Now, if this is the communication we do today, I mean, if, if Twitter and if Facebook and if uh, Instagram and if uh, YouTube – is the the corner square where we speak to the public now. You cannot have a private corporation control it and run it. And that's what's happening. And so a lot of people get their information from that. So they have no idea what's going on if it's being shut off. And, if also, and Rand Paul, he's, he's like, uh, it's a badge of honor. Hey, let me give you a clue here, buddy. You get two more of these. It's called Three Strikes, You're Out. And you're not, on, you're not on YouTube at all anymore.
2: Yeah, as he said in response, quote, I think this kind of censorship is very dangerous, incredibly anti-free speech, and truly anti-progressive science, which involves skepticism and argumentation to arrive at the truth, end quote. That's Senator Rand Paul in response. And, Riggy, you just mentioned the three-strike rule, and YouTube, saying, hey, if you do two more of these, you're out. And basically what they're saying is if you question the prevailing narratives, which come chiefly through the person of Anthony Fauci, we are going to permanently remove you from one of the biggest communications platforms on the face of the earth. This is someone who is a sitting U.S. senator and a licensed
0: medical doctor. Well, they did to somebody before him. He was the president of the United States. Donald Trump just just laughed in their face and said, "Yeah, try this." And Donald Trump during his campaign even said, "This Twitter's unbelievable. I don't have to pay anything for it. I can just speak and get this information out. I can go around all the news channels and everything else." They started realizing, eh, maybe we'll cut you off of that." We we didn't realize how good that free item was for you to have, so we'll make sure you don't have that anymore. But. That's just what they're doing. They're going to shut it down from a U.S. senator, from the president of the United States, from anybody who can't get their speech out there. This is all going the wrong direction. Yeah. So the moral of the
2: story is, number one, pushback because they really can't ban everyone. And number two, if there are alternate forums like talk radio, listen to and support those because the thing is – you can't call up the FCC and complain about what you hear on the radio because they're not going to do a damn thing about it. All right, talking about some other insanity that made news this last week, and that is this. We've heard a lot about this push towards anti racism, towards equity, towards diversity, equity, and inclusion. We've heard this term BIPOC, you know, uh, black, indigenous, people of color. This is all the rage, except for this is starting to really go off the rails. And we're talking about a story out of Atlanta Elementary School, and the principal there is the focus of a federal civil rights complaint after she's accused of segregating students in classes based on the color of their skin. And there was a complaint filed in late July with the Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights, and this is filed against Sharon Briscoe. She's the principal of Mary Lynn Elementary School in Atlanta, Georgia. She allowed the school's 13 black second-grade students to be assigned to two classes, whereas the white students were allowed to be assigned to any of the school's six second-grade classes in Um The complaint was filed by Kyla Posey. She's the mother of two students at this school, and she operates the after-school program there, and her uh, husband is a school psychologist. And the basic gist is the complainant and her husband were outraged because their daughter wasn't placed in the class they wanted to be placed in. And instead she was placed in another class because she was black. So now what we have in the name of diversity, equity, inclusion, anti-racism is expressly violating the civil rights laws, which is segregating people on the basis of race.
0: Well, So uh, help me explain this to the public. So – There's two – so basically they wanted the blacks to be in two classes. Yes. So whites could be in any class. Different classes. But it would be predominantly black classes, those two, and maybe some white people would be in that class. But you wouldn't have one or two black kids in a white class. No,
2: because the teacher – sorry, the parent who complained wanted her student to be in a class taught by a certain teacher. Right. But that teacher wasn't teaching one of the two approved black classes. Exactly, exactly. So so what's happening – And they're complaining – by the way – She's black. Her daughter is black, and yet she couldn't have a teacher she wanted because the teacher was
0: teaching a white class. Right, right, right. So (laughs) this gets back to all the different things that they're doing at universities, doing the black dormitories again. Um, They're doing the black clubs again or the Hispanic clubs. Segregated graduation ceremonies. Segregated graduation. I mean this is the whole thing to kind of show how we're great. And you you just have to believe that there's somebody up there kind of uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz who's just playing us all for fools. I mean just like here's this game we're gonna play and while the you know the Chinese are taking over the world, we're gonna have you guys waste your time discussing, you know, your genitalia. <laughs> yeah, and here's what's even worse about this. After the parent complained, the teacher
2: retaliated And she requested that the husband, who again was an employee of the school, be transferred from the school, and she unsuccessfully attempted to have – to require the husband to move out of his office space at the school. So when you have black parents complaining to a black principal about segregated school situation, the black principal tries retaliating against the black complaining parents by, number one, getting him fired or taking away his office. Right. It's not about race. It's about politics. And power. This is what we say all the
0: time. It's politics right. and power. It's not about actual race issues. Right, right, right. And so how can you get your group together to kind of support whatever you want to do and however you want to do it? And that's what they're doing. And again, if they can divide people, if they can if they can have us fighting over we want to be in a white class or a black class, we're not looking at the other issues that are happening around us. It's right. just not happening. Nope. Coming up, some good news to warm your heart and your feet. Be right back.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. This is the Weekend Answer Show, AM 870, The Answer, AM 590. The Answer, don't forget, the show is also on the podcast. Just search Google, Apple Play or Apple Store or Google Play, wherever you get your podcast for The Weekend Answer, you can find us. Talking about a good news story now coming out of the Olympics. And the Olympics are now over. They had some of the lowest ratings in forever. I think part of it's because, Riggy, there was no fans in Japan. So why watch? It's kind of boring. Also, they kept referring to it as Tokyo 2020 and all the branding, even though we're now in 2021. That's also confusing. But also, behind the scenes, there was just so much, I think, context and stuff that wasn't about sports, including all this kneeling, the alleged racism, all this kind of crap. But even in spite of all that, you know, there's so many good news stories. And one of the best ones comes to us courtesy of an Olympic wrestler named Tamra Mensah Stock. Ricky, tell us about her.
0: Well, this is a, a great girl. Uh, she wrestled, and wrestling was uh, actually dying off uh, for the Olympics. And, be- and then about 20 years ago, they allowed women's wrestling in. And so she was a wrestler. Uh, she, her, her, uh, her dad is from Ghana. She was born here in the United States. Her mom's from the United States. Uh, her dad died in a car accident when she was, I think she was in high school. And, um, and she was a good wrestler, but she wanted to quit. She wanted to end it, and she ended up sticking with it um, and winning the gold. First time we've ever won a gold. But you, you know, th- when you dig into the story of who this girl was, she was so proud to be an American, and her father, being a foreigner, came to this country and had nothing and was able to, you know, support her and support her, her mom and and to do better for. Her. But anyway, she was out of, out of this whole thing. She was also getting money for. Um, uh, the the prize you get like a thirty-seven thousand dollar prize. Yep, she was given thirty thousand of it to her mom, so her mom could buy a food truck for her own business. Well, what happens? A company out of Texas who makes food trucks says, "Hey, keep the thirty grand. We're going to give your mom a brand new two hundred fifty thousand dollar food truck,"
2: which is amazing because this kind of goes to show how great immigration is. You know, right. we are very pro-immigration. This just shows the greatness of America. Also. You work hard, you bust your butt, you're going to succeed in the Olympics, and look at the reverberations. Well, and,
0: and what did she do? She talked about how much she loved America. If it wasn't for America, she wouldn't be where she is. And guess what? People want to give you food trucks. They want to do everything for people who support America. If you don't want to support America, yeah, maybe don't be in the Olympics.
2: Yeah, well, if you want to kneel, yeah, you can make Megan Rapinoe and not win. Yeah, Here's exactly. That.
0: Get a bronze.
2: All right. That's going to do it for us this week on this show. Keep it here all week. We'll be back next weekend.